everyone, and welcome back to Real Perspective, the podcast based on a YouTube channel, based on a podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. And I'm Michael Morey. And Missy Longsinger. And we are here this week to talk about uh, the second most watched thing in Netflix history now. Just, Wait, what's I, the first? <laughs> Is it The Office? You're willing to believe Netflix? It's King Arthur and the Legend of the Sword? That's a lie. Mm, it's The Office. No. We know it's The Office. It's like the most streamed thing ever, so it's, it's uh, whatever. That's fine. So, uh, yeah, we're, so we're here to talk about Squid Game, um, which actually usurped something. Uh, Bridgerton <clears throat> as the most watched thing. Oh, no. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, which is weird because I didn't hear anyone talk about Bridgerton or King Arthur and the Legend of the Sword. And I've heard a lot of people talk about Squid Game. So. Can I point out yep. that you're also not a female? I heard every female that I knew talk about really? Bridgerton. <laughs> oh, yes. Right. I mean, it's, it, what? It's, it's Pride and Prejudice porn. Why, why would females not talk about it? Yeah. No, females, it, but we love Pride and Prejudice, and that was very sexy. So, it was, you know, it was what uh, it was. All right. Squid Game <laughs> is about, uh, it, it's, it's like Battle Royale type stuff. Like, it's, it's similar in a similar vein mm-hmm. as Battle Royale and the Conquer Games and um, stuff like that. Is there, is there another piece of media that's like that that I'm forgetting? I'm sure there uh, is, but Alice we could say maybe popular. Alice what? Alice in Borderland was on Netflix, and it was kind of like, it's a Japanese kind of take on that thing as well. It came out like six months ago, I want to say, oh. ten months ago. Yeah, okay. it was, it was kind of semi-popular too. Well, oh. I, I, I could say you could even argue that the Escape Room movies, it's like any survivalist yeah. film that you've seen <clears throat> is within this vein. Mm-hmm. I think this is just, I would agree, very similar more yeah. so to like Battle Royale and Hunger Games as or far like as popular the, media. The Running Man. Saw Escape Room. Oh, The Running Man. Yeah, yeah. There you go. the running man's up there. The lottery. I don't know if you guys have read that short short story. Yes, um, I taught it to yes. my students. Yeah, it's uh, horrid, but it's great. Yeah, it's it's real messed up, but oh, it, it, there's like some some shades of that in here. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's it's about this like stuff. secret organization who they t- they find people who are super in debt and they they basically get them at their lowest moment and hand them a business card to say that they will change their lives. And if they call the business card, they are then kidnapped by the people or they, they meet them at a location and then they're knocked out. They're not necessarily kidnapped, but they're knocked out and taken to a secret location where they are forced to play children's games. And if you lose the children's game, you die. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's the setup basically. Uh, There's twists and turns within that. There's, obviously there's subplots because it's tv but there's a subplot of like a cop who is snuck onto the island who is posing as one of the employees of the island kind of trying to uncover the secrets of it um and his brother was once a contestant yes yeah Yeah. because his his brother was once once a contestant and um stuff like that but what overall like that's it basically that's it's a pretty simple premise right uh for a television show and then we can get into some more specific stuff as we talk about the episodes but what did you guys think about squid game uh missy go first i really liked it so uh i had the benefit of watching it with mj for at least what like half of episodes Half yeah. of it, yeah. I would say we we watched, yeah, at least half. We it. watched five of them. We watched five, um, seven, seven, eight, nine, or no, four. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, and and he can five. attest to this. Five. At least during one of the episodes, um, there was so much snot running out of my face because I was crying a lot. Yeah. Uh, the Marvels <laughs> episode in particular really um struck me. Mm-hmm. I, no, I I loved it. I think, uh, and this is. <laughs> Uh, as, as MJ knows, because I think we talked about it with Jordan, um, who has been a friend of the show, friend of the show. Um, 
Uh, I am such like a fan of Eastern acting um, because a lot of Western acting is done in the face. And so many of these actors are so expressive because I think a lot of like American and Western European acting is so subtle. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically, the main actor was so freaking good. He's just like everything about like every choice he made. I loved And so many of the actors. I was just like the acting choices were incredible. Uh, the old man was incredible. It's just like I, I loved all of the acting. The story itself, I do have certain issues with, but we can get into that later. But overall, I was enthralled. I was so excited to watch each new episode. I cried my eyes out during one, at least, if not two of the episodes. So it was, I really, really enjoyed it. That was really good television. So that's those are my thoughts. Yeah, um, I mean, I pretty much echo those thoughts. I really enjoyed it too. Um, you also cried, Mike. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, never mind. Okay. Um, let's see. I completely disregard hey, men all can of her cry thoughts. Too, Mike, it's okay. <laughs> Get off this podcast. Um, <laughs> no. It was. It was really good. I like um, your Matt was, Walsh impression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it was. Um, you know, a little melodramatic as, as a lot of Korean dramas are, um, but um, it was well done and in service of the plot. So um, I uh, was actually pretty okay with that. Um, it, I felt like it tackled some like interesting themes, obviously regarding, not, it's not just like rich and poor, but sure. kind of like whether or not you're going to cooperate or be a lone wolf and mm-hmm. just kind of use people, which I thought was interesting. Um, yeah. There's definitely... Uh, some really great episodes. I would agree with you that um, the marble episode is maybe like oh. one of the best episodes like written, it, like it's just yeah. standalone. Uh, it, yeah. It's really well made. God, that um, was tragic. There, there are some decisions in it that actually kind of undercut that episode a little bit. Um, oh, interesting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, that being said, like, even though it undercuts it, I kind of still maybe liked that decision, but it, it, it it's weird. It's, it's a complicated thing. I'm so um, curious to hear about it. We yeah, it. we'll touch we'll touch it. Uh, the last For episode sure. kind of undercuts it, but also still uh, is okay in spite of it. Um, yeah. But anyway, it, it, it came together pretty well for me. Um, there's definitely some things where, you know, maybe it could have been an episode an episode or two shorter. I felt like um, mm. there's maybe a couple plot decisions. Um, those people playing the Americans and Chinese VIPs were, oh, um, you know, yeah. not so great. Um, Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, the, that's like been a common point of criticism though. So I'm not like gonna harp on it too. See, much. I thought the same about the police guy. I thought if you completely erased him from the plot, nothing would have yeah been affected. I, um, and and I I see that argument. I kind of feel like it was the show's way of giving you like a audience surrogate character to see the inner sure. workings of the show. He was our um, Watson. He was yes. like, "What's going on?" Yeah, so right. I, I I do get that, but yeah, it yeah. was like, yeah, essentially he could have been removed and we would have been just as fine. But yeah, you know, right. I it, continue though. I'm sorry. It, it's it's <laughs> um, it. I think that like his character might be better if it turns out that he lived or something like that in a second yes, season. Yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I think the reason you feel that way is because of what happens with him, where you're just like, oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> kind of a this is my brother. Now I'm dead, and it's right. Like, and now the storyline is done yes and but then there's other things where it's like man i kind of wish that this season just had been a self-contained thing and uh i almost kind of wish that like they had just put a button on it and like they figured out a way to where like the thing gets shut down by the end of the season but um overall i i did really enjoy it 
um mm-hmm. but we can go into the details about like you know other things that they maybe got wrong sure. and improved on yeah i so notoriously i'm a bad television watcher and really the only reason and mike has hacked this system the only reason i watched the entire freaking show is because he said let's do an episode on it and if i feel like we can get content out of something i will watch it um and we made you watch it with us <laughs> yeah well it just so happened when i came to visit uh that you were watching the exact episode i left off on yeah so okay. you were in the middle of it when i got to your house so i was like well shit, I, this works out perfectly we can finish it while i'm here yeah um but i am a notoriously slow television watcher um to the point like i was not as immediately hooked on like midnight mass but i will be lucky if i finish it one at all two by the end of the year (laughs) you have to finish Uh, it it's so good mj and so like the first but like that first episode didn't really grab me and the first episode of squid game really grabbed me but it's kind of exhausting um, yeah, that's fair. And so I was watching them after works, which was putting me up to like two, three in the morning, even though I was finished watching them at midnight, because sure. uh, they are not they are not easy to watch. Um, some of those episodes. So uh, all that said, I think it's really good television. And I think it's <clears throat> with the exception of two out of nine episodes, I think it's all pretty good. Like it's all. All killer, no filler, uh, except for those two episodes that are definitely filler. And one of them, less so, but still like 90%. Um, Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, that's why I don't watch a lot of TV is because I'm just like, ah, man, this could have been a movie and it would have been a lot better for it. Mm. Um, So this is is a show that, like, I really feel like benefits from being a serialized, episodic tale. And I'm very, very picky about shit like that especially if it's over 40 minutes so like (laughs) most of the most of the uh the shows we cover on here well i guess it's 50 50 because we regularly cover mandalorian we regularly cover cobra kai right so Mm -hmm. well isn't cobra kai 20 to 30 cobra kai is like 30 right cobra kai is 20 to 30 and that's the sweet spot for television for me like mandalorian is not though it varies varies enough to where i feel like for the most part, the episodes are as long as they should be. And I, I like 30 that. 30 to difference. 50 if we're varying, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. 30 to 50. But like sure. a 30, like any other show, like it, it's it's a show that could only exist in the streaming age because right. if it were, you know, something like, let's say Lost, like every episode of Lost has to be 42 minutes because of ad breaks. And it right. has to fill an hour of airtime. If not shorter, yeah. If not shorter. But like the eighth episode of Squid Game is 32 minutes. Like it. Yeah. You know, it's it's variable based on what needs to happen in that episode to tell the story. And I'm way more OK with that. Yeah. Um, and don't even get me started on when a show has a movie length episode, because I immediately write that shit <laughs> off. Um, like, that's the reason I haven't seen Sons of Anarchy. I, I started it and saw that the first episode was an hour and a half. And I was like, no, oh, <laughs> I've never watched it either. So I can't. Um, <clears throat> So I'm extremely picky about my television. And uh, yeah, I think Squid Game's great. I think it's it's a really, um, I don't know if it's necessarily a novel premise. Like it, it's, but it does stuff with that formula that mm. is interesting. And it does stuff with that formula that is unique to itself. Yeah. Um, and I think part of that comes from just the basic idea of how it's run and then some cultural stuff that, comes into play that I may not even be, you know, super well-versed or qualified to talk about. Um, And I think 
all the Circle performances Fred. are really good. Yes. <laughs> really well, good. That's, a, that's the thing that's so like because what you're saying is exactly I think why it's so good. It is not even remotely a novel premise. It's something that we have seen, as you said at the very beginning of this podcast. It's Hunger Games. It's Battle Royale. It's um, you know Escape Room. It's all these like survivalist things that we've seen, but they did it in a way that felt different, that felt intriguing. I think the character work was so well done. And I think that's something that TV lends itself to Mm -hmm. because we had a full episode, that one where they were all off on their own. We thought, well, I mean, obviously we knew they weren't going to quit the squid game or whatever you want to call it, that little thing, because we knew there was like six more episodes left. But uh, when they were all off and we could see why each person was in it, there was so much character building, so much development. It was like it, and, and, and I don't think I've not seen Battle Royale, so I can't speak to that. But Hunger Games, I don't care about Katniss, and I've read the books, nope. and so I should have yeah. known more about her. <clears throat> but I still didn't care. <laughs> and so it's like this did such a good job of, of showing why each of these people had such a stake in what was happening, and and even more so when we would watch them interacting. Like that Marvel episode again was so freaking good. Um, I don't know. I think that that's what makes it different. I, I I think like character development really makes a huge difference when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, what separates this and what I think makes it the best of that battle royale genre is the character work. The fact that yeah. when when people bite it, you do care. Um, mm-hmm. Or when when there's like a character who makes a heel turn and becomes like the bad guy, you know, toward mm, the end. Right. Like, oh man, like, mm, man, you're a dick. Why'd you but do it, that? But it feels oh. earned too. Like you yes. understand how yeah. he got there. Yes. Like right, it's not yeah. just out of nowhere and just like, okay, yeah. Okay. It wasn't right. subversion for subversive sake. It was yes. like actually earned and you're like, oh fuck. Like yeah. I know. Because you saw like that descent happening. Yes. And, and so it was logical. And in a movie, like a movie could have done that thing. But sure. realistically, he would have had maybe like two or three scenes devoted mm-hmm. to him having exactly. the fall. And then he's like bad guy now. Right. And um it, it would not have felt natural. But the fact that this movie, this show had a chance to breathe and kind of dwell with his characters um really yes. it lent itself to them going on a journey and you know obviously most of the characters aren't really good people even the main character um ji hun or is, is mm-hmm. not Ji-hun, like a, i think yeah is it yeah. Ji-hun or Ji-hun? i haven't pulled up yeah Lee yeah Bo? yeah Lee Hung Jay? No. well that's know. the actor the oh, character oh, oh the yeah yeah okay yeah, yeah. So I'm about to um, it up, guys. I got it this time. We're we're studying for this podcast. I pulled I pulled it up on my phone too, so I can refer to them. Um, yeah, I have it on my computer. For once, he, we're gonna um, know the characters' names for the show that we're talking about. He's like not like obviously the greatest guy, but you you still sympathize with him and, and mostly get where he's coming from. And it's hard to go and create characters where you know they're kind of like sometimes crappy people, but you still kind of root for them. Um, and sure. I think that that's a benefit to the pacing of the show, the length of it. And, and the fact that you can like really spend time with these people and see kind of the, the dilemmas that they're under. Well, I like what you just said, because I think that's, that's something that, um, I mean, especially because I, uh, not to bring up like teacher, cause I know MJ doesn't like teachers talking about teacher stuff, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I was uh, just going over like uh, Joseph Campbell's like hero cycle with my students mm-hmm. and talking about how like people like Beowulf. And um, when you look at like Hector and Achilles and stuff like that, there are very clear, um, <laughs> like, they're very clear heroes and villains. And the thing that is interesting is when you see a hero that is not heroic, and obviously we have a lot of anti-heroes, but I think the thing that's really um, interesting about this whole show 
is that I'm sure there are aspects of each or at least one of these characters that we can each relate to where it's like, Mm. oh, I'm doing this for my family. Oh, I'm doing this because I'm in student loan debt. Oh, I'm doing this because, you know, whatever for my own pride. Um, and, and it's something that you still recognize on an objective morality level that it's like, this is not good what you're doing, but I kind of understand where you're coming from. And that's so much more relatable than like, again, not not to hark back on Hunger Games, but like Katniss, it's like, she's just like put up as this like heroic little young girl Mm -hmm. who's not done anything wrong. And it's like, how the hell are any of us supposed to relate to that but like we see these people who are it's like man i you know whether i i mean i don't gamble personally but it's like i gambled and i'm trying to do this for my family or it's like i'm trying to support my mom but i made some bad financial decisions or other things like that it's i don't know it makes it more noble almost where it's like oh like shit like i i get why you're doing this i can't fully hate you because i understand my own depravity Mm. yeah Yeah. i i think the other thing too is like Obviously, we have like the the you know Gihun who we're we're going through the show with, and he's the main character. And right. There are moments where like, <clears throat> well, I'll circle back around to that point. I want to I want to address what Missy was talking about. So, but any one of these characters kind of could have been the protagonist of the show. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that says a lot uh, yeah. about how good it is. I mean, it's almost like they took the hero character and just kind of split it up among the four or five people who are at the center of the story they threw it in a hat and they picked out one of them and it happened to be that guy (laughs) yeah yeah exactly like he's the guy we go through it with but like they all exhibit like they're all really kind of complex characters and that's really nice like for sure um fully fleshed out yeah yeah all of them like you understand the the motivation even for some of the ones that die like some of the supporting cast that die like you totally get where they're coming from and then you're just like the villain or the quote-unquote villain i mean he's not the villain because he's not the overall villain but the 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 bully guy i guess oh yeah 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 the guy with the neck tattoo yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, i mean yeah in in a way he like i don't think he could have carried the show necessarily in that way but like he's complex and you get where he's coming from. And like, we get to see, like you said, so episode two, they all vote to leave the squid game. And so they release them back into, you know, wherever they're from. And we get to find out like all this stuff. And then they end up going back into the squid game because of what it's like being on the outside and like being reminded of their old life. Like they, it's like a grass is greener type of principle. Yeah. uh, That's kind of real large. And I don't think, I don't think we use that enough of like mm-hmm. a character seeing a grass is greener type situation and then realizing that like, maybe it's not like, yeah, I don't, right. I, I can't think of a lot of places where I've seen that or seen it done super well. No. Yeah. I actually, I, I really like the concept behind that episode because I, I like the idea that they do choose to go and leave the game. Cause I, I thought that like, that wasn't going to be a possibility that like, you know, I example, didn't either. Like we were old, watching it together. I was like, yeah. no, there's no way old man's going to do that because right. I know there's like, six Obviously more the show needs to go on. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and although obviously, you know, they're going to choose to go back. I did like the fact that, yeah, maybe the real world is just as harsh and, and, and terrible in a different way right. um, f- for them. And you kind of see them reach the conclusion that they need to go back to play the game. Maybe that's not something that everyone would do in the real world, but um it actually kind of justified their thinking um, in yeah. a surprisingly strong way more yeah. than I thought it would. Well, cause we had just seen something so severe with the red light, green light that it's mm-hmm. like, there's no way any sane person would want to continue with this. And so we kind of had to see how horrible, I mean, 
And I'm sure there are a lot of people in life who would be like, man, I'm at a place where if I would do anything to get, Mm -hmm. you know, more money, more fill in the blank. And so you really had to see that to make it justifiable that they would continue to do this thing that was so horrific and potentially fatal as it was for most of them or all of them, you know, except one. Except one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think too, uh, by doing that, we get to really understand the side characters a lot because like, it would have been real stupid if he just like, we just follow Gihoon and that's it. And then he decides Mm -hmm. to go back and then everyone's back and it's like, Hey, what happened? Right. <laughs> you yeah. know? Right. Like, why the hell do we care about old man or that, oh, that young girl, the pickpocket? The pickpocket and, oh, yeah, or, or the people. bully or, you know, I'll, we get backstories for all those freaking people. Yeah. And that episode, I think, is super important to the remaining seven episodes because Absolutely. it, like, without that, I feel like, one, I feel like the 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 game part of it of them playing the game like the 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 formula would start to feel very repetitive Mm -hmm. um and this breaks it up to where it doesn't uh even though it's just one episode yeah well it kind of also kind of reveals that i think sometimes the strength of the show is the stuff that actually happens outside the games sometimes yeah Yeah, Um, for sure because it's not like every game is a winner on the show um mm-hmm. like like the licking one for example is not like a great like game for example to me um but like it, oh, it, the whole gingerbread the, thing or whatever the hell that yeah, was that, go that, one. that yeah. was my favorite um, <laughs> that was yeah it was one of my favorite games but go off uh well okay <laughs> then I, I then i'll be in the minority on this one but um i also didn't love it for once we team up on mj Continue. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just um, I sometimes felt like the character work and stuff outside the games actually was sometimes stronger than the games themselves. Not to say yeah, that the games yeah. weren't um, tense; some of them were um, really good. Um, but it, it's actually kind of in contrast to a lot of other shows of this ilk, where it's the games, the death battle, whatever. That's right. the more interesting part generally. Um, and. I guess maybe the way I should put it is I'm, I'm kind of maybe describing it in like a glass half empty approach, but it's actually more of a glass half full. The fact that the yeah. character work is actually more interesting than the games is a good thing. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I think that's, that's kind of like the whole reason that I think, because as we were saying, or as I was saying earlier, I guess like that, this is not a conceit that is new. We've seen mm-hmm. this type of ordeal. The thing that made it so different is I cared about every character. I was not mm-hmm. happy when the bully died. Like I got why he was kind of doing what he was doing. The, the one who, gosh, I don't remember, I don't remember any of their names to be honest. But the one who uh, MJ, the one who I thought looked like the witch from Avatar, Airbender, yeah. uh, who yeah, thought, yeah, yeah. Uh, Katara had a bloodbend. Yeah. Um, the one who, yeah, had the whole like affair with the bully. Like, yeah. Like I cared about her. I cared about mm-hmm. the pickpocket. I cared about all of these characters to the point that I was like crying really hard when I knew they were gonna die. And it's like, I shouldn't have, because in a normal thing like that, it would just be about the games and our protagonists. But this was a absolutely character-driven show. And it was so well done and and done in a way that I cared about every character that it was like, man, like this is actually really touching to me. And I get why they're doing what they're doing, even if I don't agree with them. And I think that, you know, it's obviously morally, you know, objectifiable. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, but I think that's, that's the big difference is I think a lot of these type of uh, shows or movies or whatever don't take the time to focus on the character work. And I think that's yeah. such an important thing to do because why the hell would we care about anybody? Right. Okay. Yeah. So... I, I choose your own podcast adventure. Uh, 
Do you guys want to want to? Do you guys want to go for? Do you want to indulge your bloodlust, or do you want to talk about something else? Uh, hmm. I don't know what either of those options is leading me down towards. Much like a goosebumps choose your own adventure book, so I'll let you guys pick. Which one ends up with me being killed? Uh, none. None. Oh, oh okay. All right. Well, then, which then one whatever. do I hate, MJ? Because he's gonna bring up that he doesn't like Mary Poppins. Um. <laughs> <Both>. So, uh, <laughs> we'll do we'll do the silly one first. Okay. Uh, since it, it kind of was already touched on. So the games themselves, like just on like a pure primal level, which ones did you like? Which ones didn't you? We Like we've established it's not really about that, but there's some novelty in the games too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, go for it, Mike. You go first. I mean, obviously I liked, I liked the last fight, the squid game um, oh, a lot. Yeah. I, I thought that was, game. it was brutal. Um, and, and, you know, it came down to like and... characters that you either cared about or you uh, formerly cared about. Um, yeah. Until, yeah. until they became a douchebag. And that's um, why it was rough. Yeah, and like, and I'm glad it came down to those two characters. I mean, obviously, in retrospect, it had to. Um, you know, like, uh, some people have described some of this stuff as like contrived. Like, well, the like the characters have plot armor. It's like, well, yeah, because it's telling a fucking story. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I'm glad you brought that up. I was trying to find a way to insert that to you, and like. That, the thing about the show is, like, obviously Gihun is plot safe, and obviously he's going to win. He's the Katniss right. of the piece, right? But mm-hmm. right. it doesn't matter. That's not the point. <laughs> like, no. yeah. Right, yeah. Like, we wouldn't be following him otherwise. Like, what do you expect? Like, this is not some fair distribution of, like, outcomes. Obviously, we follow the main character because he makes it to the end. Or, right. or you know, maybe comes close. I mean, maybe there was a way where they could have written it where he dies at the very end. I don't they know. Both of them die. Though. Right. Like, they're not just going to, like, pull out, like, hey, this guy who became an asshole wins. Right, Deal right. With it. Like, yeah. We also but, wouldn't have cared about, like, Old Man, which, you know, he had his own ending, obviously. But it's right. like, we wouldn't have cared about a lot of the other characters if it was just, like, you have plot armor and you're safe. And that's what I think was kind of different. It's like, yeah. oh, man, I actually do kind of care if this person dies, even though I know that they're not the main protagonist. Yes, yeah, and I agree with that. So, um, all that to say, like, I, obviously, I like I like the the final fight, um, sure. what what it represents thematically, um, um, for the characters and and like the choices that they're making. Um, I liked, um, the the crossing the bridge with the glass one oh, actually. Yeah, um, that was wonderful. Because also, I just felt like um, it was demonstrating some of the character turns, um, and like their their dilemmas or the fact that they have made certain choices and they're going down certain paths, including the bully and his uh, kind of his lover. crazy yeah. lover. The, uh, going the Avatar down. Witch. Yes. <laughs> the Avatar Witch. That's what we will call her from now on, just so everybody knows. Um, you know, and then obviously the Marvel is fantastic. Um, uh-huh. all, the, all the little like games and the fact that like some of them choose to play their own versions of the games. And for example, obviously, you know, the big one was the betrayal that um, uh, Sang Woo goes oh, in and yeah. does um, is Ali, huge. Yeah, right. That was that was tough to watch. And like you kind of knew something was up, obviously. Yeah, but, um, it had to. You know, yeah. But, you know, to have that confirmed was um, was, you know, definitely like a gut punch. And then in general, like the build up to that where you're like, hmm, they're pairing up these characters and you kind of knew that like they weren't going to be cooperating probably and then it's like, right. oh, yep, yep, one of them's going to die in each of these pairings. Um, you know, that was like a real big uh, gut punch as well. And obviously the choice that um, that Gion goes and makes with Il, oh, oh, Ilnam, um, mm-hmm. which, which is a huge like um, emotional moment, but like we've been hinting at, I was also kind of undercut by the end yeah. of the- yeah. Um, 
that obviously that one had the most stakes and emotion behind it. And then like the other ones were like, were all pretty good. Like I wasn't a huge fan of the, the licking the cookie batter or whatever one, but um, I wasn't either, but um, you know, and, and like the tug of war was like, okay. Um, and obviously red, red, red light, green light was um, interesting just because of the shock value of it. Like you knew something was going to happen, but it was right. pretty brutal. So that's kind of like how I evaluated them anyway. Yeah, I I think red light, green light. I mean, obviously, I, I well, okay. So not obviously, I suppose I didn't know almost anything going into the show what it was about. I had heard it was kind of Hunger Gamesy, um. So I figured there was some death, but just yeah, kind of the shock value of red light, green light was so uh like oh shit. <laughs> and yeah. also just like that doll looking thing that looks at them was so creepy. It was just like oh man, and so that was I don't know. That was a big thing at first, and also because it looked like it wiped out so much of their population so quickly. It was like that half, was right? Yeah. Oh, it looked like it, if not more. I mean, when you could see all the little people's lights going out um, when the captain guy was looking at the floor or whatever mm. they had all their pictures mm-hmm. on it, um, I, I thought there would be more. But uh, no, the, I think the the glass bridge was really intense. Uh, I think, I mean, MJ watched it. Uh, we watched it together, and it's like it was kind of tough. I mean, we knew at least some of the main characters are going to die. I don't, I don't think we knew that almost all of them were going to die and that the bridge was going to explode to the fact that it was about to kill um, the pickpocket before she got obviously uh, offed later, but that one was really good and intense. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the last one was great. Tug of war. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I think that was one. MJ, I feel like I fell asleep during that. one, <laughs> Not because it was bad. I think it was just late when we watched it and I fell asleep um, and I watched it later and it was fine, but it's like, yeah. I don't was... think you fell asleep during tug of war, but that's the filler episode. I think you fell asleep after tug of war. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that may have also been the case. Yeah. And I don't know. So it's like, and, and marbles obviously was one of my favorites. I, I was like crying. I wanted to cry for most of the episode and then just started absolutely like crying very hard towards the end just it was it was so emotionally driven as as soon as it was clear like oh this husband and wife are gonna have to kill one or the other and and I didn't even care about them because I didn't know who they were it was just like so much of it was so well done and I cared so much about these people these poor people now that I knew that they had chosen to come back and again that's why that one episode was so important to see that they had come back after their own lives uh it was yeah man that marble was really rough but I don't know. I guess I would probably rank them the same as you, Mike. Mm-hmm. Similarly, the, the the licking whatever umbrella thing was not also my favorite. It was fine. Um, I, th- I think because we knew that we was he was gonna live. It's like, oh no, he got the toughest one. We also know he's the protagonist, so I'm sure. Oh no, is he going to be able to lick out his umbrella or whatever? So I don't know. So I am not a smart man, and I thought. I found this out before I watched it. But when I had first seen like people freaking out about it, I thought it was a game show. Like I thought the show was a game show. Mm. <laughs> um, and then like right before I started watching it, I found out that it was like a battle royale Hunger Games type thing. And I was I was like more disappointed than I would like to admit, but I will admit to it. I, I like I legit thought it was gonna be a game show. <laughs> Uh, so headed into it, like, I didn't really know what to expect. Like I, I knew once I knew it was kind of hunger games, I was like, okay, some people are going to die here. Right. And, uh, but yeah, 
red light green light is a crazy way to start a television show yeah <laughs> like it's so yeah. bold and like with snipers you mean yeah yeah, yeah. And, and just like it just really sets up the tone really mm. well i think it's such a good way to start that out and i think every game has its place like i feel like every game is kind of placed perfectly over the arc of the show like there's yes. not there's not really one that i don't like um and like even the the like the 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 cookie one the dalgona one mm. there's a couple things with that one it's just that was the game that other than squid game that's the game that is like less familiar to me so like mm -hmm. i sure. it made me look it up after to like like i was interested literally in that game um no that's fair and it wasn't bad it just i think and and i'm mike i'm not well, i don't want to speak on your half like i mm. i just didn't like it as much as the others but it, it certainly wasn't bad it was still exciting to see i guess yeah and yeah. i i really like kind of watching everyone kind of strategize like the lady sneaking in the lighter and then like forming an alliance with the bully in it and then it being like the like a, a different childhood game that Gihun and Sangwoo used to play mm. on the playground. Yeah. Like I thought that was like some interesting context and like, I don't know. I, I there was, there was like more meta, like the meta game of that was more interesting than like that. Cause like, obviously it's just them scratching out <laughs> a little shape on, on a, on a cookie. And like, you can only make that is so interesting. But uh, I think just like there was a cultural thing for me where I was like, I wonder what that is. And so mm -hmm. sure. maybe look it up and like binging with Babish has done an episode where he's he's made it now and stuff like that. So <gasps> I'll have uh, to look that up. it like it became a big trend on TikTok to try to make one. And uh, like, oh, no, I hate it because you said TikTok. So there's like <laughs> there, there's like uh, like like Amazon's having a problem stocking kits to make your own at home, like the, oh, the, the cookie cutters. Um, and so I liked that one. I thought tug of war was really great. Just the way it leaves on the cliffhanger into the next one. Yes, I did like that. I like yeah. that. That was good. Yeah. I thought that was like a great setup, especially because <laughs> I was at pinball league one night, uh, which is my own personal squid game. And <laughs> <laughs> they had it on at the pinball bar, which you, I was like, yes, which is, I did upset a guy so hard that I didn't see him the rest of the night. So, uh, <laughs> but they put it on and they started it at episode one. So by the time we were done with league, they were like four episodes in or something. So, and I hadn't seen episode two yet. And so I saw the start of tug of war and like the end of like how that ends the episode. And I was like, shit, that looked intense. Mm -hmm. right. So it, it was almost this like a little teaser for what's to come for yeah. me. Cause I didn't watch a trailer for it. I literally just started watching the show. Cause I had heard such good word, word of mouth about it. Sure. And uh, so it was this cool little like teaser for me to be like, I wonder what that's like, that's about. And um, yeah, I, I thought that that like, it just like each game sets up a such a great dynamic. Marbles obviously, uh, so good. It's that that episode is. It, I mean, it is the highlight of the show for mm -hmm. sure. But the glass one too is such a great catalyst for the last two episodes. Like, yeah. I agree. It's so it's so well executed, especially on the heels of something that's as like, you know. Um, 
kind of uh, uh, special as Marbles is. Like it, mm-hmm. right? It, it does. It doesn't try to emulate that again. Right. And I yeah. like that. I agree with that. It, no, it it's just, a, and there's a nice like finish to the arc of like um the the Avatar witch whatever her name was it was and, like it, it felt yeah. satisfying mm-hmm. um because I think we had even talked when we were watching it it's like she's gonna have to be the one to take out the bully like he has betrayed yeah. her too much at this point and that was in a very satisfying way and it wasn't even an unprecedented way because we had seen you know the priest push people down we did at that point seen a lot of people push each other down off of the glass and so I don't know it was just I agree with you. It, it was very satisfying. It was good to watch. I think the and it was kind of subversive in the fact that the bridge blew up and almost fatally wounded the pickpocket mm. if she hadn't been killed by that other guy. But it's like I, it was I liked it. It was good. It was it was uh, exciting to watch, but different than Marvel's because Marvel's was just like emotionally exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then so I think we're we're also kind of uh uh omitting two games so there's the secret game where they underfed them yes right Uh, oh yeah and then there's the the knife game uh where they gave them the the final three a knife and Mm -hmm. so that one comes at the end of an episode that is basically filler (laughs) um but that is a huge like i i was like really on board with that and like Mm -hmm. this is maybe where i say it's to satisfy the bloodlust like I was just like, oh, what an awesome decision. Like, I thought that was such a great choice to, like, really sure. drive mm-hmm. home how, like, how far gone Sangwoo is. Like, it was... Yes. games like 5.1 or 5.A or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. halfway between. Yeah. And, like, he... Just the, the that reveal of turning around and seeing, like... Because oh. just the way it's set up, like, oh, she's dying, right? Like, yeah. she will she will probably not be alive when he turns around. But then when he turns around and he sees that he's just like gone and done the Murder deed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like, Oh shit. Like it's on for the squid game now. And like, obviously, you know, this final game has to be the squid game, yeah. Uh, but it doesn't matter because of how like, well, they've set up that character dynamic and that relationship over the course of the show. Mm-hmm. Well, cause it's like, you could see even during the Marvel game, like it sucks, but we also saw our protagonist, you know, kind of screw over this old man. Yeah, he's, he's morally sweet. compromised. And so, right. like, we, yeah, we've seen at that point that the the moral kind of, like, like you said, moral compromise that has to occur with just the nature of this. But there was nothing that prompted him to have to do that. Yeah. Like, except for just lust for the, you know, for the money, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, we needed something to be like, we can't be rooting for you at all. We have to know that you're just completely morally bankrupt at this point. You have completely turned... And yeah, I guess that can be kind of, I don't know, um, I guess, uh, I don't know, similar to other stories where we see the villain just be completely turned from somebody who used to be good. But it was still like, I think we kind of needed that because it would have felt worse, I feel like, when our, you know, if he had died at the end and he wasn't yeah. completely like horrible. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's necessary to go and show how far gone he is. Um, For sure. Yeah. Well, and, and something else that um, MJ... There's another kind of secret game, which is when they turn the lights out and there's the big fight inside. Oh, yeah. That's, that was the secret game I was talking about where they oh, underfed oh, them. Oh, oh, underfed. Okay. Got oh, they, underfed yeah, yeah. Them. they underfed them so that they would be angry and fight. Got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I thought that they was great, too. Um, I found that, like, really interesting, that whole, like, um, conflict. Because, yeah, I mean, people would totally go and do that to try to gain advantage on other people. And then how they had to go and, like, kind of form barricades and whatever the next right. night. Um, yeah. yeah. I liked all of that stuff. 
Well, mm-hmm. especially because it like um, so if you play particularly like collectible card games, you talk a lot about the meta game because there's mm-hmm. new like shout out Jordan um, in like Magic. <laughs> they, they like they're always introducing new sets of cards, and so they're always talking about like what cards enter, like the rules interactions between the cards right. and stuff. And that's the meta game of like, okay, when you're out to build your deck or your set of dice or whatever collectible game you're you're playing, like what what's the current meta? Like what are people using and how do we defend that if we don't have those cards and how do we attack mm-hmm. that if we don't have those cards? So how do we play right. offensively and defensively to like the top, top tier stuff? Or if we have the top, top tier stuff, how do we mitigate the, the strategies that are offensive and defensive towards that top tier stuff? So that's like that was a great way to introduce a meta game to the what was already going on yeah, because it brings in like this tension in the barracks that didn't exist in the first few games mm-hmm. and so now every night these people are going to sleep wondering if they're going to get attacked and killed in the middle of the night right sure. it's like not a safe space anymore yeah mm-hmm. exactly exactly well as we saw even your alliances don't necessarily matter where it's like oh i can yeah. sleep knowing that someone's protecting me because it's like they might not be mm-hmm. yeah. yes um so korea's just kind of been killing it for like yeah truly a decade uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh you i've know, heard I... talk about korean soap operas for such a long time and i'm just like soap operas in general i think because i think i associate that that term with american soap operas which i've seen which are horrible. <laughs> and so I've always just been like, okay, yeah, whatever. That's fine. But I've heard it from like multiple people like, oh, Korean soap operas are great. And now I'm kind of like, I mean, these actors, like I, I like what I've seen from a lot of the the products that Korea's pushed out. And granted, I've also liked a lot of American products that have been pushed out and I do like American soap operas, but I don't know. Mm. It, it's intriguing me to look at more things that are coming from Korea because it, they're doing really great things. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously not a huge TV guy. So this is the first sure. Korean drama that I've talked about, but I've known like Korean dramas are like a big deal. Right. Forever. And there's, I mean, there's like a, you know, Korea is kind of driving the culture at large right now, like K-pop and mm-hmm. sure. like Squid Game, Parasite winning best picture. Like right. there's, I feel like people don't really understand that. <laughs> like they, yeah. no, like one's, no one's really talking Steven about Yoon how that's is, happened. Is it Steven Yoon? Korean wasn't yeah. Minari yeah. Korean? Yeah. Uh I don't, I didn't see Minari, so I don't know. <gasps> I think it was. You never he, saw we'll talk about yeah, I, I knew there was, gonna be, there was gonna be something I'm I knew there was gonna be something He is Korean, right? Burning is Korean. Korean. I'm not yeah. sure if the filmmakers who made it are Korean, but I think they are. Uh the writers I believe are because I don't know many. Anyway, you should watch it. Ugh, I'm mad that you haven't, but it's fine. Yeah, well, to speak to what you're saying, NJ, yeah, no one's really commenting on it, but I think something's happening, and I think maybe it's the result of the pandemic and the fact that, you know, Hollywood kind of stopped production on some movies for a while, or, you know, they were getting delayed, and uh, it's kind of led people to being kind of bored, and lockdown had something to do with it, so people started looking, I mean, there's someone I spoke to, like one of my best friends, who I would never consider to be someone who ever is, like, interested in watching like a Korean thing or a Japanese mm-hmm. thing or any like foreign produced thing. It was just, she was telling me that she's like binged four or five Korean dramas, mm-hmm. um, oh, nice. you know, out of nowhere. And I think that something about the pandemic has kind of triggered people to look outside of the traditional sources, just because there wasn't right. like a lot of things being made here that were interesting. There's just so much samey crap 
the um tiger king sure. begs to differ mike <laughs> yeah well i mean even tiger, tiger king, king like i mean how, how often does like a documentary series like really take off these days no that's true know? yeah i mean that's the, the biggest the, indicator in and of itself is that america hooked on to a documentary series right well like, they I, did they did the making a murderer too that was that was one yeah that's yeah oh that's true and, well that's making true. a murderer is kind of well yeah but true crime's it. been its own thing for well i guess you could say tiger king is yeah well true true time is getting big um like through podcasts and stuff like that but then it's sort of like the breakthrough now to television i mean obviously dateline stuff like that's existed for ages right but um, dateline's as popular like more popular than it's ever freaking been right and and i think there's there's something that's been triggered recently and i think people are just trying to like expand their palettes and um i think that like the expansion of korean dramas um is part of that and you know i think that people are really tired of the samey and maybe this is parsing me and inserting my own views and then thinking that's representative of america but i mean all hollywood is making is a bunch of superhero shit (laughs) um yeah um like like a lot of american crime shows are the same form formulaic stuff and then here's like these other countries making stuff that's a little bit different and um i I don't know i think i think it's resonating with people who would just kind of want something that's a change of pace from the normal that we get here well so i think the other thing too and this is going to sound like a joke, and I promise it isn't. I actually don't think it's the pandemic. Although I do think the pan, I do think the one-two punch of Parasite winning Best Picture and the pandemic primed people for something as fucking weird as Squid Game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do want to talk about that a little bit. But as far as like the popularization of like all the Korean pop culture stuff, like BTS and Blackpink mm-hmm. or whatever, like I legit think you can trace it back to Gangnam Style in 2012. And the reason I think that is because throughout history, or at least modern, like the 20th century and beyond, teenagers have driven the culture. Mm -hmm. They just always have. And the thing about the current crop of teenagers, they all loved Gogman style when they were little kids. My niece and nephew are case in point. My niece is obsessed with K-pop. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, I haven't talked to her in a minute, but I guarantee you she watched all of Squid Game and it was just one of her things that was in rotation for her Korean dramas because huh. she was watching a ton of Korean dramas. So yeah. yes. I think like that was the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. But I do think you're right in the like, so the the teenagers were driving it, right? Gen Z or whatever. They were driving it towards that way in the music space and they were watching all the Korean dramas on Netflix. But then... Parasite goes and wins Best Picture, and there's still like a lot of people who go and watch every time a best something wins Best Picture, they watch that movie. Right. Yeah. And so a lot of people watch Parasite, and then the pandemic happens, and everyone just got mad, and then like Squid yeah. Game comes out, and so they're like primed and ready to accept something that like offbeat. Yes, well, I'll add on to what you're saying as well because um, I also think that teenagers are driving it in another sense, which is that. Uh, anime is really huge right now too yeah. obviously yep. anime is japanese it's it's different than korean but i think that sure. it's it's open it, like there's an entire generation of kids now like people our age who grew up with like pokemon some people stuck with anime but since then um there's an entire new generation of people who like have grown up on these shows or whatever and now they're adults and they're okay with watching foreign made things um yep. and and they're they're okay with watching subtitles. I mean, there's a huge like debate among people who like anime, for example, um, whether or not subtitled shows are better than dubbed and you know all that yeah. stuff. 
and, and people are okay with seeing some lines, uh, some words across their screen and, and not having it affect their enjoyment of something or treating it like it's a barrier. Well, and there's and, also a big subculture of people just watching everything with subtitles, no matter yeah, what. Yes, right, exactly. Sure. And, and I just think that like you have that's an entire me. generation that's now that's like grown up and um, is now who are adults and they're primed to go and watch something that's a little more adult and gritty and violent. And, and yeah. this fits that category. Well, and it, it's think, also funny. Go ahead. Oh. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, I think you're both like super right for once. I mean, usually you guys are both wrong. Obviously. <laughs> uh, no, but like, I mean, as somebody who, who actively is working with teenagers like every day, I heard about Squid Game from my students. Like mm -hmm. they were the ones where I was like, oh guys, what are you watching? What do you recommend? And almost exclusively, they were like, if it's not an anime, because that kind of like lends itself to what you were saying, Mike, so many of my students love like My Hero Academia and like mm -hmm. all these other animes. And like, and I, there's a lot of animes that I like and stuff too, which also kind of lends itself to what you were saying, but most of them were saying Squid Game. And so it's like, I, I do think there's something to what both you guys are saying where I don't know if it's these younger cultures, because I know even when I was in college, that was, I mean, obviously I liked Pokemon when I was little. But, like, I didn't start watching anime and stuff until I was in college. And so I – not that I was ever opposed to watching things with subtitles, but it's, like, I don't know. I just kind of liked uh, the expressiveness of, of voices. Again, not to, not to harp back on the Western versus Eastern acting styles, mm -hmm. but it's, like, there's there's a really vast difference, specifically in the way that voice actors, um, you know, choose to say certain lines and read certain lines. So, it's, I don't know. I think there's such an appreciation uh, that's grown – and this kind of goes with what him doing was saying as well, like with BTS and like K-pop. Because mm -hmm. the first time I heard about K-pop was from students when I was working um, back at the other school I was at. And so it's like, I don't know, it, it is kind of funny how young people have driven that. And I would include us as millennials, maybe not. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 anime, yeah anime for sure. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I would say maybe more of the Korean push I have seen much more with Gen Z. And that could just be my own limited perspective of working yeah. with a lot of teenagers who like love it and have been exclusively the people to uh, like, let me know that that's the forefront of their own, um, you know, preferences. But yeah, I think for once you guys are both correct. But yeah. I, th I think the other thing too, is like Korean shit. Um, it, it like specifically movies, they yeah. were, it, it is absolutely Gen Z driving that. And right. uh, it's because as a millennial, I know that for a long time, like, have you seen old boy was like, that was like, oh, you're, you're coming up with something that's real ob obscure and offbeat. Yeah, deep cut. Yeah, right. that's a deep cut movie. And now like, yeah, every, like everyone's like either seen old boy or at least knows about old boy. Right. right. Well, for whatever. Us it, was like, and, it was Pokemon and Mayo Hiyazaki. That was like our Korean yeah. stuff that we were <laughs> talking about yeah. as, as younger kids. Yeah, well, Pokemon, they, those are Japanese, though, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, right. I, I, sorry, I meant more within, like, Eastern Asian culture type yeah, of Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then for, like, a certain group of, you know, Gen X to older yeah, millennia sure. or whatever, it's Godzilla mm -hmm. is a big one. Because um, right. those, like, those aired on sci-fi. And then also kaiju movies in general, because a lot of the non-Godzilla ones, uh, I was just talking about this on Twitter today, actually, like Mystery Science Theater 3000 did a lot of those kaiju mm -hmm. movies. And it right. like, that's honestly, that's, that's the thing that got me into kaiju movies more than mm -hmm. even the Godzilla oh, stuff. It was on sci-fi. Um, was I like, 
but like you can trace almost my entire personality to mystery science the other three yeah yeah a lot of mine too uh, um and Not so mine. that's why you guys are wrong no it's fine mine's <laughs> just the office so that's fine yeah but like, you know and i'm the exception to the rule i was obsessed with pokemon as a kid and i don't really like anime as an adult mm-hmm. um oh, interesting. So, yeah i you know but like look at your Look at your local theater show times. It's all it's all fucking anime. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, I I just went and saw the My Hero Academia movie like two days ago. So uh, I, I saw the trailer for it before Dune, it and it was the first time I got interested in My Hero Academia. Besides the fact that Godzilla is part of the team. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> yeah. Fun. It, honestly, it, it's it's well made. Um, yeah. It's very entertaining. It's actually I think the best take on superheroes. I mean, Marvel can go and eat shit. I I think My Hero Academia <laughs> is much better a take on superheroes and like how the world would react to that stuff yeah um and, and the I, first I time i learned that my hero academia is about superheroes yeah like, yeah wait um, is it live action or animated it's animated it's animated okay. um yeah well, but the new cowboy bebop movie looks incredible because i love cowboy bebop but yeah cowboy bebop it, i mean that's that's kind of like everyone's um like that was, that was i do bebop. like cowboy bebop I yeah, do that's like, like, like to... everyone's like anime they introduce like non-anime people to yes. you know because it's yep. so good it's star yeah. wars yeah, and like all yeah. these things, all these things, I think are like kind of working together right now to prime yeah. our culture to go and like kind of accept new ideas. And, and just frankly, I think that like Korea's um, been killing it, obviously in the horror genre for a long time. You know, yeah, like sure. that that's always been like something that people would talk about. And um, you know, now I think it's kind of leading leading to more cultural acceptance of other genres that they're good at too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's yeah. Oh, I think it was like horror movies for their film output and then dramas and soap operas for their television output correct yes i would agree with that yeah um you know but then obviously um with parasite people started looking at um you know that that director's um filmography long june ho yep and um like realizing oh all these movies are pretty damn good (laughs) you know yeah that guy holy crap (laughs) yeah you know, obviously, like, look, there's there's some things about, um, like, I've seen a lot of shit anime too, but yeah. um, like, sure. there's always like an element of like the the ones that become really popular here are popular because they're good, and we just don't talk about the shitty ones. Like, yeah, it's the same way that like in America, there's crappy things, but there's also good exactly. things. Exactly. Um, yeah, like with any country, but I think it's it has, I think especially Parasite winning Best Picture was such a nice opener for a lot of people who, I mean, I mean, obviously there's some controversy where it's like this isn't an American film that won, and it's like. Well, I mean, there are some really shitty Make American better films. shit, America. Right. Yeah, right. And, and it's just like, I think that kind of opened a lot of people's eyes who maybe hadn't been as open to the idea of watching things with subtitles or watching things from other countries. And mm-hmm. so, I don't know, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. And I think the fact that we're kind of putting more of a spotlight now on Koreans or, or on Korea stuff is like really nice. Yeah. They obviously, well, you're creating really good stuff. And like obviously some of these shows there are certain cultural things that are going over our heads but sure. a lot of the things that you know parasite there's some specific takedowns of south korea and same thing with um squid game yeah. they're commenting on that i you know we can't fully grasp yeah, as right. westerners or americans but they're speaking to something that is pretty like societal and human too that is sure. totally relatable and, and um it's the fact that it can work on multiple levels that i think is really resonating with people right now yeah, yeah, I mean, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, the class warfare thing in particular, because that was so prominent with both Parasite and with Squid Game. Mm-hmm. It's like that's something that has been going on for forever. It's not like that's yeah. something that any country cannot relate to the, you know, higher ups yeah. versus people who are more impoverished. But um, something that I think was 
interesting when watching Squid Game is like, I think the American idea of of poverty, even though there are obviously a lot of people who are impoverished, and I don't want to like make light of that. I think it, our American ideal of what it means to not have a lot of money is sometimes a lot different than what it is in other countries. And so I do think it is um, sometimes really important to see what that's like from another country's perspective of this is what it's like to see poverty rather than mm-hmm. just the American idea. And again, I don't want to say that to speak to everybody who's impoverished here. I know that there's a lot of poverty in America, but it's, yeah, I think it's interesting to see a different perspective on poverty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and I think the other thing too, is it just like the, all the Korean stuff, while most of the stuff that comes to America does talk about class almost exclusively, like that's what every Bong Joon-ho movie is about. Um, yeah. sure. it, it, uh, I think it's one of the few things this dog is anyway. So, I, you know, they're, I don't want to say they're one note, but they're one theme, like for the most part, but it's this, it's stuff that like you would find in any adult drama from the, you know, eighties and nineties, not necessarily class stuff, but just like these headier, bigger adult themes that we don't like, we're not making adult dramas anymore. We just aren't like, it's not happening. We're making superhero movies. We're making Mm. not just superhero movies, but like even every like, you know, studio that kind of is like, you know, A24 or whatever, like they, it's, right. it's clouded in this like weird, like genre thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and not that genre movies are bad. I love genre movies, but you know, it's all, it's still all one thing. Like Green Knight's like a big medieval fantasy thing. I'm like, mm-hmm. right. you know, for as excited as I am for Macbeth, it is that too. But, yeah. you know, I right. think there's, I think th- there's a clout there that these other movies do not have. Um, and uh, you know, lamb or hereditary, like it's all horror, it's all sci-fi, it's all fantasy stuff, and that's fine. But it's also like, where's just like people talking in a room? Like, what? Right. Where's that movie? Yeah, right. Well, and on top of that, like, it's more entertaining still while being kind of heady. Like, mm-hmm. Squid, Squid yeah, Game has that right okay. balance of, of Squid Game is genre, by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> Before anyone comes at me about no, that. No, for sure. No, no, no. But like, it, it certainly is. But like, you can have like the quiet moments and you can have the thematic content. But then also, there's like a part where, you know, people go and tug of war another group of people off of a ledge and they all yeah, die. And right. like, <laughs> you know, and you're like, whoa, that, that was nuts. And, and like, <laughs> It balances yeah. like the two of those things in an entertaining way. Um, yeah, you know, well, this is like been... no, something that's like way more heady, for example. It, it, that's just like fucking boring. Yeah. <laughs> um. So there's, there's just something about it. I think it it has the right combination of that. Yeah, yeah I, I was gonna say I think that's been like art for such a long time. Whether it be like literature, I mean, Mike, you as an author, or like um, and, and as a filmmaker, uh, <laughs> and as a podcaster. Uh, and, you know, but like art, you know, film, television, all these things like we've seen for such a long time. One of the best ways to convey um, actual messages is to do it through really big means. And so yes. kind of like what you were saying, we're seeing these things that are absolutely relevant specifically to a culture that we are not necessarily as familiar with, although we do recognize what poverty and class warfare looks like. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing it in a way that's so over the top that right. it kind of hits at home just a little bit more. Yeah, it's like right. having to take yeah. medicine that tastes really bad. It's like I could take a medicine that tastes like a gummy, like a gummy mm-hmm. vitamin or something, or I could take something that tastes really bad, and one of them might stick with me a little bit more, which is a horrible analogy, but that's kind of what it feels like, where it's like, no, oh, man, no, I'm no, understanding makes, your message in a different way. <laughs> yeah, it makes total sense. I mean, that's what people have been doing with sci-fi or you know, sure. strange or outlandish premises forever, which is that they yeah. use them in, in an allegorical way. You know, for example, like 
our movies, not to go and put them on the level of Parasite or you know, <laughs> we are just Ant, as good. But, <laughs> but <laughs> like, should recognize us. A lot of people know, say I'm the Song Kang Ho of my generation. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but like I think of using the humor in those movies as a way of lowering your defenses so you can really oh, yeah. get a point oh, across. Absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely. the point of comedy. Yeah. Yeah. That's the point of comedy. And like, you know, I, with the exception of Memories of Murder, I think you could make an argument that all of Bong Joon-ho's movies are genre films. But the difference, uh, but like superhero movies aside, this isn't even really about that because it's like a separate like blockbustery thing, right? That's completely different. The movies sure. that we would put up against something like Parasite are, you know, like Green Knight this year, mm -hmm. for example. Yeah. Which is in fantasy. It's a genre film. It doesn't say anything. It has nothing to say. Right. It just wants to look pretty and say be a Oh, good I didn't person. watch it. Is it not good? It's I didn't like it really oh, at all. Like it just like it it's gorgeous. It's like really pretty to look at, but as, it, as most A24 things are. I as most A24 things are, absolutely. Like they yeah. kill it visually, absolutely. But like it got to the end and I was like, you took two hours and twelve minutes to say oh, that. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Like, okay. I, like it got to the end and I was like, you could have just started this movie and said, Hey, be a good person. And that's yeah. it. Like that's the, that's the <laughs> entire point of the, is like, don't be an asshole. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Interesting. Okay. What? Like you've hung your movie on one thing, mm. you know? And, and if you look at like everything that's happening in a Korean drama or a Korean film, like there's so many different angles you can approach it from you know like the, they use the allegory the correct way and they don't hold your hand through it either they let you read into it what you're going to read into it and let you take away what you're going to take away from it right they trust the audience which is the thing that i think is becoming increasingly less common where Dude, like, i need to hold my yeah. audience's hand for every freaking thing in the world because they're too stupid to understand and it's what? just like oh stop when I went to visit you guys last week, this is I'm getting increasingly annoyed with the horror output because it's so fucking on the nose. <laughs> when we went to when I went to visit you guys last week, Jordan yeah. and I ended up watching VHS 94, and I hadn't oh, seen okay, any yeah. of them. hadn't seen any of them. Missy watched a quarter of it. <laughs> um, Almost immediately. Uh, yeah. So uh, it just like it was so on the nose, and I was like, yeah, I get it. I've been watching the movie. Like, let me watch the movie. Like, it just. It just, it kills any momentum that a movie has. And it just like, yeah. like having these long moments where people like explain what's happening is so condescending, man. It's, yeah. so, it's so mean. And like, I just, I'm over it. Like I, yeah, it's, yeah. It's one of the reasons I haven't seen a lot of horror movies this year. And I usually watch a lot of stuff. I'm like, I see yeah. the trailers and I'm like, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. I, yeah. And I, yep. Figured yeah. that one out. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's so frustrating, like finding the genre stuff uh, here. And like, yeah. like you said, Korean horror films been killing it. Um, mm -hmm. And like every once in a while, like not to talk total shit about American Output, like I haven't seen Jacob's Wife yet, but I feel like that's gonna be really good because I like oh, the team. Um, so there's, I mean, there's always gonna be some stuff here and there, but like, what about Dune? Wasn't Dune incredible? <laughs> Shout out to our next Dude, episode. I, no joke. I was thinking about this the other day because someone was like, what are your top three films of 2021? What, dude? And I was like, what did I say? Uh, Pig? Uh, I still haven't seen that. I need to see that. It's the best movie I've seen in like a decade. Oh, wow. um, it's in, Oh, my God. It's so it's so fucking good, you guys. Wait, uh, is Nomadland on your list? That wasn't when you really pissed because Nomadland was great. Well, Nomadland came out last year. 
uh, yeah, 2020. Crypto, you just said 2020. No, 2021. They said one oh, year okay, top three movies is 2021 so far. And also, I think. Okay. Um, uh, shoot, let me find it. So I said it was. Oh, Pig? In this order, by the way, it's uh-huh. Pig, Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar, and <laughs> The Last Half Hour of Malignant. Those are my top three movies of the year. It's 2.3 oh, movies. Oh, my God, it was so dumb. Oh, and no. it was awesome. Uh, <laughs> I can't. Malignant was awful. It was, like, horribly awful, though. That is definitely a movie I would recommend because I literally sat on it the entire time I watched it. Terrible. And one-third <laughs> floppy John Wick, and it's awesome. <laughs> um, oh, man. I mean, I mean, my list is even worse, so <laughs> I'm not going to get into it. Uh, well, I mean, mine's so, so I was reminded that it was it would be actually if I had to do a top 10, it would be 3.3 movies because it would be Pig, Barb and Star, Mitchell's versus the Machines, the floppy John Wick part of Malignant. <laughs> and the time I saw Reanimator, a movie from like 1986 in a theater. <gasps> Reanimator? Oh, my God. Did we show you our, our tiki mug of that? I saw it on your counter. It's great. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's a great film. <laughs> All that to go and say, I mean, uh, Dune is very emblematic of this. And once again, like Dune is not a, a symbol for all American cinema by any means. No, um, not at all. Or, or any Western output. I mean, you can't talk like too generally about like this form is better than that country's because obviously there's a lot of crap and everything and a lot yes. and good things. And I, but, I fully agree. But I, like, I think it's, oh, sorry, continue. Uh, well, I'm just going to say, but Dune is not to just give you a little bit of a preview of the next episode. It's two hours and 45 minutes. And honestly, no. I can't tell you what it was trying to say about nothing anything. happens. Right. Um, like, and weirdly, like, I, I think I'm a little more positive on it than MJ, but like, it still like really was not, not like really about anything versus yeah. like this, you know, you can go and talk about like imperfections and stuff like that. We still haven't really touched on some of the imperfections yet, but at least like it said something <laughs> and yeah, like, increasingly sure. like massive, big budget Hollywood entertainment it's you know going back to superhero stuff like identify a theme in avengers endgame you're like is right. there any like i honestly like i don't know what the, what it is um Beat you your know question sorry i got distracted oh it, like it's like just like identify like a theme that happened that avengers endgame stands for or like right. any avengers movie really yeah i mean it's you know there's a base level like being a hero thing but that's yeah about- well, no, but that, and I, I agree like I agree with what you're saying Mike and I think it's like the reason that we're kind of focusing on at this point like Korean stuff and their output is is not that like Americans can't make good films obviously we've seen just too many great films that have come from from Hollywood mm. it's just what's currently being done yes. and what they think is what we want to see and it's the same if you look at American television except it's just like pig, the shittiest pig, stuff <laughs> Well, that, well, no, and again, that's obviously there are exceptions. Just like, I mean, I'm sure we're only seeing a select output, given how much I am positive yeah. other countries are just producing a shit ton of movies. We're mm. seeing probably the cream of the crop because we're America and we're not going to see all the shitty stuff. Right. It's like we just happen to be privy to all the really bad stuff that America's putting out. So currently, yes. it's like, man, is there a lot of really good things coming out? Let's look and see what other countries are trying to say. And mm-hmm. and so it is unfortunate because I'm sure there are so many good American filmmakers, but right now, I mean, I'm it's unfortunate for American filmmakers that I know are good. I think really good for America on the whole that we're actually trying to now look at other countries and say, Oh, we're not the only ones who can make really good art. Yeah, That's no, America. right. Yeah, no, it's a really positive development. That's right, for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And I think too, you know, uh, we haven't even touched on this and I, I'm very ill-equipped to do so. Um, but I think, you know, 
we're also seeing the rise in Bollywood stuff, like mm -hmm. right. in, in uh, not so much where I'm currently at because it's not like, yeah, I'm not there yet, but, but uh, certainly no, 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 no. Where I currently am physically living in Colorado. Oh, yeah, right. uh, but like in Bakersfield, the Bollywood like movement a, hasn't made it out there to uh, Fort Collins. I mean, I'm sure there's some people, but I think they're all white, like I, you know, or, <laughs> or transfer students. Um, but okay. like, like in Bakersfield, there's a pretty big Indian population in the, right like southwest southeast for sure and like edwards they've been playing a lot of bollywood mm -hmm. movies at least yeah. they were before yeah. the pandemic and they're friggin packed like yeah. right they're always sold out they're sold out more than any american movie <laughs> i had seen there in the last couple of years yeah. um, but i feel like bollywood has quietly been doing this for you know almost 20 years the way right Paris, or parasite the way korean stuff is for the last like 10 yeah yeah, yeah and like i once again, that's where it ends for me because I I don't know if I've ever seen a Bollywood movie at all. <laughs> um, start to finish, I've seen clips, but I've, I, I don't think I've... It's it, because it's so... Missy, like you were saying, it's an industry unto itself. Like it... Right, absolutely. You know, to, to the point where like there were some American movie stars that were kind of trying to cross over and like sure. the, the larger Indian culture was like, we don't need you. <laughs> like not, oh, yeah. in like a, not in like a mean way necessarily, but it was just like, we don't, we have our own celebrities we want to see. Like we don't give a shit about Matt Damon, you know, right. like we give a shit about this guy. Yeah. No, so their, like their movies actually did kind of bad when they were over there. Yeah. No, I was going to say like, not to be crude with it, but like I've heard the like, like <laughs> pornography, like pushes out the most, you know films or whatever just because they're not like quote-unquote films right, right um but i've heard like bollywood rivals that like the amount of films that they put out like per year is just insane and so this has been happening for such a long time but i think kind of like with korean stuff like i remember growing up if i had if i went to friends houses who were indian or who were asian or even people who weren't i knew a lot of people who watched korean dramas yeah. it was like this has kind of been happening for a long time well obviously been happening for a long time but it's now kind of like sneaking its way, kind of like you were saying, into American culture, into popular culture. Into the mainstream. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's the perfect way to say it. Yeah, into mainstream culture because this has obviously been happening for a long time, and it's for some of that, it's like it's really nice that we're we're kind of starting to see more of that because I think that's been something that's been happening for a long time, and we're getting to see, you know, stuff that's not just Marvel films. Yeah. 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 Well, and just one final thing, you know, I think that for maybe some things that are coming from other countries some of these things um, are actually kind of samey for over there, but for uh, us, it's extremely novel. <laughs> and yeah. So, well, yeah, and, sure. and you see that a lot. Uh, that's, that's pretty cyclical. Um, mm -hmm. Like I put on my like film student cap, like I've been learning about a lot of like specifically like early cinema movements and stuff like uh, Italian neorealism or like the French new wave, like by the time it made it to America, like the French and the Italians were like, fuck it, Over take it. it. <laughs> like, yeah, right. right. You know, um, other so, countries would also like, you know, our Marvel films and shit. Like we've oh, seen yeah, yeah, 5,000 yeah. of them at this point, but mm -hmm. for the people it's like, oh, these are fun. Right, yeah. Because yeah, like, for example, like China, they didn't really have like huge multiplexes for theaters until within the last like 10 or 15 years, especially. So right. a lot of the stuff that's being introduced over there is like, you know, the spectacle is incredible versus us. We're already sick of it. Um, sure. yeah, and so, yeah, like, so we're all kind of moving at different speeds here and, and waves take a while right. to reach other places. So it's interesting to see how all that's influencing, you know, what's currently popular. Because I bet you, you know, there, there's certainly people in Korea who I think are a little bit surprised that Squid Game was a thing that like put them on the map. Um, yeah, sure. But uh, if we could steer the conversation back to um, 
just the like episode six and the ending because i, I kind of yeah. want you know your guys's thoughts um i'll just lay my cards out on the table um obviously the marvel game episode is great and the reason why it's great is because of particularly um what happens to ilnam you know and like the the main character Gian's uh, betrayal of him kind of in a way, or at least exploiting his uh, supposed dementia. Um, yeah. Right. Throughout it. Brain tumor. It, yes. Oh. Um, and obviously that means a lot. And, uh, you know, you walk away feeling like, Ooh, man, that was, that was rough. And then obviously it's revealed that Ilnam is uh, not, it's not completely not with it. He's um, very much a, uh, creator or ringleader or, or of some kind in, in the creation of the game right. and was very much influencing things kind of behind the scenes and did not die in that episode but makes it to the end um because he was plucked out of it basically and right. there's a fi- kind of final talk between um Gion and ilnam about kind of the nature of humanity the reason why mm-hmm. the game exists all that stuff right um obviously in my opinion it kind of undercuts like the betrayal a little bit that Gion did to Ilnam. Um, that being said, the more as time goes on, um, I'm more okay with it because I think it did a good job summing up the themes of the show. And Ilnam's character actually makes a little bit more sense um, throughout the show. Like I, I kind of watched yeah. it again with my parents. Um, oh, nice. Because they, I got them into it. And yeah. I, I got to go and see Ilnam's like kind of character uh, react to certain things like during red light, green light. He was having kind of a good time. Yeah, you know, yeah, smiling, yeah. Like, he was laughing. Yeah, yeah. And, and like at first you're just kind of like, oh, he's just kind of a crazy old man. But now it's like he's a crazy depraved old man. Like, yeah, <laughs> sure. oh, he's a psychopath. Got right. Yeah. yeah. And um, and in some ways I I like it more, but it definitely goes and undercuts a little bit of the betrayal by making Gion's decision a little more justified because retroactively you know that Ilnam is is gonna live a, but also is kind of a bad person b mm. yeah uh, so I, I wanted your guys' thoughts on that did, I, did it take away from the marble episode did it enhance did it not matter what, what did you think about ilnam in general like being kind of the one of the big bads i guess you could say of the series so initially i didn't like it yeah uh, but then he died and i was fine with it so because, <laughs> because he dies at the end of that final scene he has Mm-hmm. I'm more okay with it. Like I really, and we can talk about how the show ter- does turn into John Wick at the end, but we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, <laughs> it, I really like you, you kind of see that telegraphed a little bit once he's out of the game and like it's a year later or whatever. But uh, it, I really didn't want it to be like Yoon hunts down this old man Mm-hmm. again like after they have this conversation like he goes and decides to like take it down like he yeah. does at the end of the show so because he died at the end of that scene i was pretty neutral on it mm-hmm. um where i was like well it does kind of undercut the emotional gut punch of that but then i was like mm, does it because i didn't know that when it happened yeah uh, so I, yeah i was i was mostly fine with it i had no strong feelings either way once he died but when it first happened i was like ah, i don't know mm-hmm. this is kind of kind of dumb um, so Mike, you probably speak better to this than I could because you're rewatching it. Um, yeah. I feel like most of, I mean, obviously there's lies by withholding, um, mm-hmm. but I feel like most of what he was saying to him was true. Like he was an old man who was dying of a brain tumor right. 
and, oh, yeah. and a lot of stuff. And so it's, I mean, and, and I think the effectiveness of the Marvel episode was not that the Diminished. old man was innocent. It was that we're watching our protagonist now join amongst the ranks of somebody else who's betraying somebody because we saw yeah. so much betrayal specifically mm. in that episode. And that that was heartbreaking. And yes, the fact that it was an old man obviously makes it more heartbreaking. Slightly less so, I suppose, if you already know that he is in on it. But mm -hmm. he's still an old man with a brain tumor. And even though when I was watching it with MJ and Jordan, they were both like, I think he actually knows what he's doing. I don't mm -hmm. think this is, the dementia is real. I think this is like an act. I was not crying any less having suspected mm -hmm. that. It was still like, and, and obviously we didn't know that. <laughs> He was a little more sinister, like, or sinisterly, whatever, involved. Um, but it was still rough to watch because you're seeing this man who we have hoped for for now because we saw him in the first episode. Our, our protagonist is, is a piece of shit. He's not a good dad. He gambles away his kids' money. He does all this other stuff. Um, and it's like, but we've seen him kind of grow over so many episodes. We're like, yes, you're, there's hope for you. You've grown so much. And then it's like, no, we're watching you literally betray what you think is an old man with dementia. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's a really hard thing to watch. Um, so I don't know. I, I think the episode itself still works, even mm -hmm. knowing um, the outcome of what happens. And I, I do think he's one of those villainous characters where it's like, I wasn't actually lying to you this whole time. Like I am an old man dying with a brain tumor. Uh, this is just something that I wanted to do. And I happened to not tell you that I created all of this shit. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Like I, to me, it didn't detract anything. Um, I think the the effect of of watching our protagonist kind of uh, be very human and mm -hmm. not be this white knight, you know, in shining armor or whatever, who's only going to do good things throughout the entire game. Like to watch him be so human, as so many of us would be in that situation, I think was so powerful and so uh, heartbreaking in a lot of ways because you could see it on his own face and in, mm -hmm. in himself. So. I don't know. To me, it didn't really detract from anything. Mm -hmm. no, that's a really good point. Yeah. No, I, I basically have come around to yeah, your take on it as well. And I guess I would also add that I was more okay with it in the sense of there's probably like two ways you could have done that scene. You could have done sure. it the way that they did it. Um, <clears throat> or, but if, if you're going to go and reveal information, when I say like um, how to do that scene, I mean like if you're going to reveal information about like why the game was played, how it was created, all that stuff. You do it the way that they did it, or you mm -hmm. have um, Gion go and meet like the front man, for example, and it gets explained. Right. Um, and at first, my preference would have been probably for the front man, but in the end, Gion doesn't have a relationship with the front man. He like right. He, he's not interact with him throughout the course of the show, really. And so mm -hmm. it's more meaningful for him to have gotten that information from someone who he developed a relationship with that he kind of felt guilty over but also cooperated with and like has very mixed emotions about and um to have like the i don't want to say bad guys but i guess they maybe are killing people so yeah they're bad guys <laughs> be, be, um be represented through ilnam i i think is a very deliberate and meaningful choice um that uh i, I think could only have been accomplished kind of through that character in a way so i've made my peace with it um, although I still think it diminishes the sixth episode a little bit, but um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm more okay with it now looking back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, well, Missy, I agree with your point that like, it doesn't matter to Gihun in episode six, he doesn't know. And yeah. so yeah. that's like, that is what really is the emotional driver of that. Um, so that's a good point. And then also because it's Ilnam, it's, it, 
it actually goes a long way to kind of I hesitate to use the word healing, but callousing mm-hmm. uh, Gihun's heart yes. to where he's more okay accessing the money mm-hmm. that he won. So he's just like, like the, you know, he, he he the reason he's not doing it is not just because of what happened with Song Wu, uh, but it it's also that you know he did betray Il Nam and like he kind of did look up to him as a mentor. Like he's the you know he saved his life in the mm-hmm. Tucker War game, right? Um and like learning that like you've been betrayed by someone you've looked up to he was just like all right you know i mean it's sort of like a james bond and vesper mm-hmm. moment where it's just like all right well fuck that then <laughs> um right yeah. and, and on top of that you know they have like their little game that they play with regards to like the homeless man on the street at the end and and the fact that Gion wins because he's more correct about human nature than mm-hmm. ilnam who's, who's very cynical about it i, I think mm-hmm. that was probably well represented and it, and it kind of informs his decision and allows him to use the money for good instead of just treating it like pure blood money and and not using it right um, so yeah i'm i'm more cool with it like in how it ends um than i was before um, so how it ends then yeah is he goes and dyes his hair pink which has been i think is a cultural yeah. thing i'm not I, yeah right <laughs> not it's not a big deal people a lot of americans have been making a big deal out of it i don't think yeah. it's, um it makes him look like an anime character but whatever I mean, the, the pink in particular i don't get but i, I understand because okay this is gonna be the stupidest most first world reference tomorrow so the first time i tried to get comic con tickets and i couldn't which i waited probably five hours to try to get mm. it online i didn't and they immediately sold out I went to my hairdresser and I was like, I want to cut my hair. Like, so I, <laughs> and, and, and I've heard that from other people too. Getting Comic-Con, <laughs> like, um, getting Comic-Con tickets is kind of like Squid Game. So I get it. It's, I mean, they're exactly the same. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, but I also remember there's like, and not to quote the office, because I know it's my only personality trait. Uh, but when, when Michael Scott makes his own company um, and Pam leaves to go join him and then realizes it was a mistake, she's like, I should have just cut my hair or gotten a tattoo like everybody else. Like, I think there there is something to being yeah. so let down that you feel like you need to change your appearance in some way. Yeah, like, that's something you symbolic. can't control because you can't control anything else in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I get that. The pink hair in particular specifically, I don't understand. And I do think that probably is cultural. But I do get the thing where it's like, I can control this because I can control nothing else that just occurred to me. And this was awful. So... Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's made peace with the fact that his daughter has moved to America and he's going to go right. visit her. Um, and that's a really important thing for him to do because that was his whole driver for sure. joining the game in the first place. And while he's at the airport, he sees someone in a similar situation playing the kind of like paper flipping game and getting slapped uh, by the same guy who recruited him into the game. Yeah. And he goes and like berates the guy and takes the takes the uh the the card from him and like on his way to the plane he calls the number and has a conversation with them and they basically tell him hey we're watching you they tell him like hey get on the plane and nothing bad will happen and he hangs up the phone and turns away from the 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 jetway and heads back into the airport and that's the end of the show so there's a presumable second season on the way. Uh, one, because this is a multi-billion dollar franchise now. And two, yeah. because there's a setup for one. Um, what do you guys think about that? So it's, you know, potentially going to be, let's take them down. And like, mm-hmm. it's. I feel like it's going to be very different. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, 
I would prefer it if it was a one and done thing. Uh, I kind of would have preferred yeah. if it's just like the game goes on or it gets taken down. But regardless, he's going to go see his daughter because he's a better person now. But, um, you know, that's not the decision that they made. So it, I, I'm on board for another season. Um, it, it, I think that's maybe as much as they could take this concept. Um, yeah. You know, I hope, I, man, I hope they don't Netflix it and make it like a billion more seasons. Um, but. I'm like 50 50 on, on that like specific part of the ending um it kind of hinges on whether or not a second season is good but i would have preferred like there's a way where they could have just put a button on this and it would have been completely satisfied and been like that's a 10 out of 10 show almost or like at least a 9 out of 10 and, and now it's kind of like open-ended ish where uh, i don't know like that that part in itself i'm a little iffy on yeah, I agree with that for the most part. I'm like, I feel like if it had been one and done, I think that would have been great. I think this was a really, really freaking solid season of television. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the better ones that I've seen in a long time. Apart from Cobra Kai, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But um, I don't know. The only thing that's a saving grace for me, and it's kind of like, it's a, a two-headed coin, as all coins are, I suppose, uh, is A, the Netflix part of it scares me. Because Netflix uh, will monopolize anything that it can to mm-hmm. the point that it just, like, beats the shit out of it until it's dead. Yep. And I hate that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the thing that is any kind of saving grace is kind of what I was talking about earlier. We were all talking about earlier is I've seen this story done a lot. But the fact that this was done from Korea and done in a different way with a lot of character development I'm like, oh, you can take something that we've seen before and make it still very intriguing and interesting to the point that I want to binge it all in one day. I'm like, I don't know necessarily because I haven't, I can't speak to it. I haven't watched enough Korean dramas or anything to know how well they handle a multi-seasoned, you know, Mm -hmm. series. So I don't know. Like I'm, I'm hopeful with, with my lack of intelligence in this area that maybe I'll, I'll see something really good in season two that might be completely different in a way that I also didn't expect, even though I thought I knew everything that I needed to know as soon as I realized this was like a Hunger Games type thing, which I was wrong about. So I don't know. I'm, I'm like hopeful that it'll be good, but mm-hmm. I'm also nervous because Netflix is involved in it now. <laughs> yeah. And I don't trust Netflix to not, even though Cobra Kai has been great and Netflix has actually put out a lot of great things. However, the majority of the stuff they put out has been shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like every now and then they really strike gold with something and they do a really good job with it. Stranger Things, I also think, was okay for a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I'm, I know that's like literally an answer that's saying I don't know, but that's essentially how I feel. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, two thirds of Stranger Things is awesome. Um, right. Yeah, and that's the majority of the show, so I'm fine with it. But yeah, uh, I... You actually, I would push back a little bit on the Netflix running stuff into the ground. They've canceled so many shows that have been beloved by people that left yeah, on cliffhangers, like Santa Clarita Diet, Glow, uh, mm. a couple other Wait, dramas. Was that fully, was that fully canceled? Santa Glow? Diet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. care about Glow. I've never seen it. Uh, Glow's good, uh, but uh, oh, okay. no, I like. Yeah, Santa, Santa Clarita Diet Glow. and Glow both got canceled, and everyone oh, was like, "Why the hell did you do that?" Like. Mm. Um, and they took the office off. So what did they do? And they took the office off. Um, <laughs> the but yeah, it, like Glow, Glow got to a point where the cast, like they all made Instagram posts calling for Netflix to at least let them make a movie to wrap up the show. Like, oh geez. It, yeah, like the 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 cast, like the cast and crews get completely caught off guard by the when when Netflix cancels stuff, and they they kind of yeah, developed a reputation for kind of being cutthroat canceling stuff. Um, 
But I will say the franchises they do have that they aren't doing that to, they are running into the ground. That's the thing is that like, if you're not a mega hit with them, then Mm -hmm. they will run into the ground with you. But like, if you're like in that comfortable kind of like, yeah, maybe a couple million people watch you or something like that, but you're not a mega hit. Yeah. They'll just be ruthless and execute your show. on this. Right. Like you're a cult classic, uh, like sorry, but like everything else. Which granted, Squid Game is very popular. Not even cult classic; it's just very popular. Yeah. But still. Um, this is a show where every decision feels so deliberate that I can't imagine that this was tacked on by Netflix. That this was like mm-hmm. I feel like right. I feel like dude has an idea. Like yes. I, I don't think he would have ended the show the way he did based on how meticulous everything else was sure. um, over the course of it. To where he doesn't understand where it's going. And right. for that reason, I am choosing to be hopeful, especially right. if it's really different, because I like that. I like the idea of having a show that's a complete story, and the second season is like almost a completely different show right. than the first. Like, it's really intriguing to me. Also, I really like the dude that plays Gihun. So, yeah, yeah. oh my God. He is one of the best actors I've seen in such a long time. It was yeah, truly like great. every decision he made, I was like, beautiful read, beautiful read. Yes, as an actor, I'm just so intrigued by everything you're doing with your face, with your voice inflection. Oh, my gosh, he was so freaking good. So mm-hmm. if I get to see him play that character again, uh, it, but also imbue it with this sort of like righteous anger, world weariness yeah. that he didn't have, I think it could be good. Yeah. And the weight to it, because, I mean, even at the end, the weight he was bringing to his character was so different than his kind of hopefulness at the beginning of the show. And, I mean, there was already a weight to his own life because of his own poor decisions, but, but he just, he carries everything so well, and you see the weight of every decision he's made in his life with every facial expression that he has. So, I yeah, I would be so, so enthralled to see him, like, do this again or anything else, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'll add one other thing, which is that, um, you know, worst case scenario, this becomes Stranger Things season three. But I, um, yeah. I think that one reason why Stranger Things season three became Stranger Things season three is because um, Netflix executives like mandated a lot of shit into the season. Like mm. I, I can't, I can't scientifically prove it, but there's there's so many like little tie-ins and cross promotional things where you know it's like. They had the Baskin Robbins Stranger Things like ice cream set that you mm. could go to Baskin Robbins for, or, or here's mm. the Gap advertising, and like there was mm. so much like cross media coordination going on with that that I feel like that is a result of it's because it's an American show, and so Netflix American executives like can totally dictate a lot of this stuff on them. Versus, I think that maybe Squid Game would be a little more insulated from a bunch of American execs like dictating, no, yeah, this, this show needs to have like this or that or whatever. Like, it's not going to happen to that degree. So, yeah. um, that that's my hope. The reason why it can be maybe saved from having that kind of fate. Um, yes, but the show was done by Netflix. Yeah, right. No, I, I, I agree. But what I'm saying is that like, there's not going to be maybe that cross promotional or cross media um, influence as much. Um, that, yeah. Well, and it always like, it always, I, well, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know because there's a black mirror board game. You know what I mean? Like, is there yeah. really? Yeah. They okay, well, I would the, actually play that though, because I liked black mirror. Uh, uh, I, like, uh, I like some of black mirror. So, but, you know, you know, the episode, you know, the episode of black mirror that's like meow meow beans. 
Yeah. It's they turned that into a board game. Mm. Oh, wait, the one with Bryce Dallas Howard? I don't know. I didn't I've seen uh, one no, and a half episodes of Black. It's where you get to rate humans as you interact. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So they turned that into a board game. Oh, but like, interesting. Like, like board game like board game. Black Mirror is so like anti-consumerist shit that it drives me up the wall that there's black mirror merch yeah. uh and yeah, that's how well, i feel the fact about that it's not on netflix at all it's like ooh, oh. it's like anything technology is bad Don't get said started that on that that's show. a whole other that's the reason i haven't seen black mirror um, <laughs> um and I've, I've watched a lot of because i like dystopian shit but it's yeah it i have to turn my brain off for that aspect of it because so the hypocrisy is wild yeah. yeah. Uh. So I. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> like. Well, but 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 to go and counter that, Black Mirror is an American show. Like, is made in America. It's like that's what I'm saying is that like the fact that. Um, yeah, it is. That now. That, that, that that's going to be South Korean. It, it's like the Netflix executive, American Netflix executives' decisions. I think it's going to be harder to go and translate like their mandates on a sh- Korean show. Okay. I want to say counterpoint to that. I think it was originally British. Uh, well, okay. so Black, Black Mirror, the first two seasons of Black Mirror aired on BBC and then it got picked up by Netflix. And then, and yeah. then we got our hands on it. Netflix did. And then we killed it. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, so but, that's what I'm Brit- fearful of. Britain's enough of like kind of an extension of America. Sorry, Brits. Um, no, that's fair. <laughs> that like, that, like or something. I don't know what they are to us. That like it's easier to exert like influence as an executive on a British product project as an American yeah. than like I feel like w- it would be on a Korean show. But uh, like this is all speculation. So but, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, sure, we're, we're sure. literally just like throwing elbows in the dark here. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, we are. But uh, yeah, I, I I can see both sides of it. I could see yeah. maybe. I mean, you know, it's kind of like when like uh, what, God, what's it called? Catching Fire came out, and they came out with like makeup palettes inspired by hunger games and it was like hey wait yeah. a se- wait a second guys yeah. um yeah. let's pump the brakes here children. uh let's uh w- want to take a good hard look about what this is this shit's about or yeah. are we yeah. just gonna ne- never um underestimate a hollywood executive's ability to completely misinterpret the point of his <laughs> right <laughs> of the work of kids that get slaughtered by other kids it's like all right cool well, and also the, you know, just the vain nature of the people in, you know, the capital. Oh, sure. Right. Portrayed as bad, but it's like here, but and not like makeup's an art form. I don't, I don't want, I don't want to give that thing, but like the way they do it. Tread lightly, MJ. You've yeah. already shat on teachers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I, I do want to be careful about that because, uh, you know, I do think there's people who do really cool work on the makeup space. Kristen watches a bunch of that shit. Um, and, no, for sure. It's, it's great. It is fully an art form, right? But not, not the way it's portrayed in Hunger Games. It is not. Nope, <laughs> it is not that. So it was just like when the makeup palettes came out, it was like, um, not sure those are the people you want to be emulating <laughs> in right. the in this piece. Uh, yeah. yeah. Do you guys have anything else about Squid Game? Uh, no, I think we managed to cover quite a bit of ground with it. I would say yeah. my only thing and my only probably biggest complaint, and we don't need to touch on it too much, but I would I just want to throw it out there just for the sake of having it out there. I I do think that the police side story could have been completely cut, and I think it would have been fine. I don't think it was detrimental to the story. But the whole thing with him, I think it's mainly the way that he died. The fact Mm. that he immediately discovered that it was his brother and then was killed. It felt so, like, unsatisfying to me, at least. I mean, maybe you guys disagree. To the point that I was like, why was this a story build up for so long? Again, and I know what you were saying, that he's kind of like the Watson 
figuring everything out for us. But I don't know. I, I feel like there either could have been a more satisfying end to him or they could have had a different character. I mean, even like that doctor that got killed, like having one of the characters being pulled out so they can see the inner mechanizations of it rather than just this other complete side character who you're kind of trying to build up. Oh my gosh, there's this big like reveal that his brother was actually the guy in charge of it. And then he's just dead. And so I was like, oh, so I don't know. For me personally, that wasn't very satisfying. Um, and I was kind of like, I wish they had done more with that or changed who our Watson was to reveal to us everything that was occurring. But I don't know. That was me. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, I, I think it was probably the weakest part of the show. And yeah. I mean, e- even more, um, even more weaker, as that's good English, um, was, <laughs> uh, um, was the like, human organ harvesting part of things dude that went oh nowhere yeah Yeah. who who was organizing that was it just the workers because it clearly wasn't the captain or maybe it was because he said he said i don't care about it Mm. he told told them at one point because he killed remember he killed the doctor and he killed all the workers who had been doing that oh yeah and was like i don't care if you guys are harvesting organs you just need to make it equal and that was kind of an interesting thing but it was like they didn't really do anything more with it than that and that was kind of a really interesting aspect of it but yeah and that's and that's splitting hairs because i think this overall was a great show but yeah little little weak parts i can be nitpicky because it was so good yeah yeah no those those two sections were they kind of went nowhere unless the cop comes back in the next season which right then really it is still kind of stupid like it just makes that so much star wars uh, oh yeah that it's that it's annoying <laughs> um uh, he swam his way back to the shore after he'd been shot yeah, or, or he like grabbed on with his good hand uh, <laughs> yeah it uh i don't know i yeah the, the cop stuff like really went nowhere and you could tell it was going nowhere in episode five mm-hmm. like episode five was a big filler episode with the cop running around investigating stuff and finding out not a lot of shit we didn't already know or, or wouldn't already... find out soon yeah or wouldn't find out soon so yeah it like it that was a big sign to me of like i don't know if they knew what they were doing with this character or why he was in yeah. the show because i don't know what they're doing with this character or why he's in the show right um but the, I think the initial hook of him is really interesting of like guy investigating because his brother was a contestant right the 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 they telegraphed him being the front man so hard and like yeah it just it was really not it was really sloppy in something that is not <laughs> very sloppy so it, was, it yeah. just sticks out like a sore thumb it really because yeah. i mean the brother being a former contestant could have been such a cool thing to mm-hmm. explore more but we got yes nothing about it so it was like okay cool we'll just forget about this i guess yeah um i'm a little bit more okay with it and partially i think it's because i'm presuming there's going to be a second season that deals with some of it um, yeah but, but um you know i i stand by the idea that like it was kind of necessary as an audience surrogate like it would have been really i think forced to try to get it revealed through like Gion finds out he was a former contestant who is now the front man or like it, I can't, it's hard for me to envision like a way that that gets revealed that's not like clunky. I think um, you could do it through the VIPs, be, yeah. all, all of them being former contestants, like a big okay, reveal about here's, that. Here's the other thing. Yeah, that's what did it way. end up contributing to the show that he was a former contestant? Because they didn't do anything more with it. Uh, well, I guess maybe in the sense that like there are people who can possibly be turned or um, who can be corrupted, like even if they survive. So maybe you're 
maybe in a way you're concerned about Guillaume becoming like that kind of person. I mean, yeah. that's, yeah. I, and, and that maybe adds some danger. Like a tenuous thread. Like it's for something that seemed like it was going to be such a big buildup. It's yeah. like they did, I feel like very little with it. Unless like you said, and I, I do agree with you. You can't hold out hope that they're going to explore that more in season two. Hopefully. Yeah. So go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, well, I, I'm just going to say, I think it adds maybe some danger or tension to the second season where maybe you're afraid that Guillaume's going to become that kind of person too. Like right. So, it, yeah, I I Ooh, thought yeah, that good. I thought they were gonna do a big reveal when he goes to the bank and the bank tells him like, oh, you should join our VIP program. Like uh -huh. I thought it was gonna be like, oh, the bank yeah. is funding all this and like they yeah. know he's the Squid Game winner. Like that would be really interesting, but that would yeah. be that would also still eliminate the cop because then you you know give right. Gihun the information that like oh all the VIPs are former contestants and like mm -hmm. so is the front man. Like that's how you could do that yeah. without. Liz uh, and could attest to this. I thought that when we were watching it, I thought that it was going to be that the yeah that the contest or the VIP people were all former contestants, which I also thought would have been cool, but they were just rich Americans, and I was like, oh well, this is, eh, whatever. <laughs> and a Chinese guy, and a Chinese guy. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Yep. Uh, we also thought that the one the one VIP who gets the like the closest thing to an arc, like the the guy who brings the cop back. Stephen uh, to have sex with him or whatever missy was like is that steven root and for a second <laughs> me like and jordan him. were like i think that is steven root and like i had to look it up and then he took off his mask and was like nope that is not even remotely steven root but he just sounds like him so yeah i was wrong for every turn every turn of this show <laughs> every guess that i made was was pretty much wrong i mean i saw i saw, i heard where you got steven root from he sounded a lot like it right okay good then i know it feels bad <laughs> uh yeah i yeah, that's, that's all for me yep that's all uh you guys have anything you want to plug any shows or books or stuff nah later <laughs> uh i mean as always support local theater i'm not personally in anything but that doesn't mean you shouldn't support local theater from whatever place that you live in so lincoln center here in fort collins is doing cats oh my gosh you have to go see it i'm absolutely not going to see uh, it you have to and you need to do a live tweet of it while you're doing it and get kicked out who's gonna kick you out the cat well they might they go into the audience is what i've heard i've never actually seen it live so anyway no uh but go see go see live theater wherever it's happening um in bakersfield in fort collins in whatever city you might be listening to this from support local artists including authors and local filmmakers cough cough mike and others uh in a similar vein so that's my plug support local art uh, I have a second podcast called Let's Draws for a Minute, um, where we talk about draws one minute at a time or thereabouts. We just, probably by the time you're listening to this, have released episode 57 or 58. It's a minute long uh, podcast, right? It is not a minute long podcast. It has lately been an <laughs> hour and a half long podcast somehow. Yeah, um, and yeah, you can check that out wherever pods are casted. And uh, that's, that's all I got. Uh, until later, squids are the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> Desert power. Desert power. <laughs> Where's the record button?